Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm Ben, here with Adol. Hey! Hey, it's a little Will smith episode this evening. Uh, just the two of us. <laughs> we will make it, and we'll try. Absolutely. Or we'll be trying, we'll probably just be trying. More than likely, yeah. We might not actually yeah. make it. Um, yeah. So, let's open some beers. What have you got this evening, dude? Uh, that is a good question. <laughs> Do I have this... Uh, I have, uh, well, I grabbed the wrong two, <laughs> that's funny, I put four beers in the fridge today, and I grabbed the two that I thought were the other two, but instead of grabbing the, holy shit, it's hot, so I want, you know, like an IPA and maybe a pale ale, I grabbed the last of my stout and porter. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, hopefully they're cool enough. Oh, uh, I mean, you can see the sweat off this thing. Mm. Just leaving the fridge um, for like 15 minutes and going into this horrible room. Uh, <laughs> so this is, I think you've had this too, because this is another, uh, this is from Oedipus Brewing in Amsterdam. Uh, it's the Petty Stout. Mm. Uh, 6%. Uh, it's got this lovely man in pantyhose. hose. It's a good, very, very it's a good image. Pantyhose. Yes, very large yeah. ones. Uh, and that's all it really says. It's got water, gerstemut, hrogemut, hop, and heast. Uh, I'm Lovely. sure you can figure out what those are. Uh, moot is malt. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, I wasn't going to drink this evening. Uh, I, hadn't, yeah. I, I hadn't had a chance to go anywhere. I haven't had any beer delivered. Um, Kim is... Uh, having some, what do you call it? Like a month where you don't drink anything. I thought, well, uh, yeah, yeah, j- dry August, a quiet month. Um, and I thought, I won't buy any beers to have. You know, I'll just get some for the podcast. And it just completely went out of my mind uh, before the weekend. And then I've just been so busy with work that I didn't get an order together. But I am going to drink. Sure. I'm just going to drink what I picked up in the convenience Stupid store market. earlier when I had to go for other things. So I picked them up. But it's the, you know, it's everyone's friend. Goose Island IPA. Oh, a classic. The yes, Gipper. Yes, yes. Which is what, 5 point, yeah, 5.9%. It's only a little baby 330ml can, which is expected. It was either this or Proper Job from St. Oh, yes. Hostel. Um, I... Job. I was just I like proper job, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. I like it off of. I even don't mind it on a cask. I like it ca- like on draft. I don't really like it bottled or canned. Yes. I find it just doesn't quite work. I yes, don't know why. I agree. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I picked some up um, a few weeks ago, uh, not for me to drink, but for someone else, uh, for family who were um, who were visiting, and uh, they didn't end up drinking any. 
because they they were driving. They only came up for the day to hang out in the garden, socially distanced, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they didn't end up drinking them, so I had them, and I found that in the bottle they seem to have got a lot more bitter. And mm. I, I never remember them being as harsh as the, the sort of the two bottles that I had uh, were. Uh, but Goose Island, it's a pretty standard beer. I do enjoy yep. that on the side of the can it says, we don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best beer you drink. Uh, I'm, they fail at that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I enjoy the idea, but it's it, it makes me sad that it's not. Mm. If that's the goal. Yes, yeah. If that like is the goal, boy, you you pass you pass that first first hurdle, no problem. Uh, <laughs> second one, ooh, not quite, folks. I mean, and it's, again, it's not like it's bad, right? It's just absolutely, absolutely, it's not a bad beer at all. It's very light, it's very easy. Um, it is just pretty standard. Um, it's the same every time. Great for consistency. Uh, it's it's kind of that level of beer, I think. That it is like your punk IPAs, um, maybe, and it's not not quite edging into the Northern Monk um, New World IPA. Um, that kind of does fluctuate a little bit every now and again. Um, yeah, in fact, my friend Kieran had some last week in our little weekly communal uh, group movie watch online. Uh, and he was like, this is awful. He just really? did not like it. Yeah, just, I was like, well, that's strange. I've had it before. It's not like, he, just describing it is not great. And I was like, well, I mean, they do have variabilities on their batches. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, How is the Oedipus? Uh, the Oedipus is, um, oh, it's mercifully cold. <laughs> um, colder than I should have it as a stout, okay. perhaps, but um, not really. Actually, I think it's it's reasonably warmed up in this the brief time away from the fridge. Um, I really like it. Actually, it's got quite a malty. It's very malt forward. Um, sort of rounded um, coffee roasted notes. Not super burnt, but yep. like um, and then and it ends up being a little sweet. Uh, as everything else, uh, as the bitterness and the roastiness recedes, it ends a little sweet, which right at the tail end, the main part of the taste before it's like purely finished, that sweetness and that roastiness just give a hint of, oh, is that toffee? And then it, mm. but that it, it's all as it fades away. So it's like good, boisterous, roasted, round, um, multi flavor, not too long of a main taste. And then it's like as that's receding, it's like, Oh yeah, it's kind of oh hey, there's toffee, and then that's going away, and then it leaves the mouth a little drier than I would like. Mm. Um, um, actually, in the texture and the mouthfeel, um, but that sweetness sort of helps balance that off, and so uh, it just you can tell it's not the bitterness and the sweetness because then you would sort of feel that toffee-like tension for longer. It's very clearly, oh no, it's sweet, but ah. Mm. Uh, which is uh, not my favorite way of beer finishes, but I mean, it's not unheard of for for a stout. Yeah, I, I seem to remember drinking that um, on the evening. I had, I think, three or four stouts from yeah, that I think it was from four. that box. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you drank one before I did, which came from that box, 
which mm-hmm. was like the Van Verhoeven or something like that. It was just yeah. like a black bottle that said stout on it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was my favorite from the from the four that I drank, the one that kind of stood out. I don't really remember much about any of the others. Oh, um, uh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is, I like this more than the last one, I mm-hmm. think. It, it's, it's very much a stouty stout. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like if you were looking for something that tastes like a stout, this is doing that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think you're right that, um, which I'm not surprised because when I lived in the Netherlands, uh, it would, stouts were few and far between. Mm. Uh, and so, like, the fact that they we're getting a consistency of craft beers, uh, that are, um, in the stout porter range, um, from the Netherlands, uh, it, it shows how much has changed in the ten, well, the eight years since I lived there. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I just realized how long it had been. I moved away in, uh, uh September, end of September 2012. So eight years, mm. almost to the month. Okay. That's a long time. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I could, I mean, my familiarity, I can't be like, on the street knowledge, it's like, uh, yeah, because I mean, think of where craft brewing was 10 years ago in Bristol, mm. right? Like, even five years ago, well, well yeah, around five years ago yeah. is when things really started to, like, expand here mm-hmm. from a, a couple of places well known to, oh, and that one, and that one, and then there's, like, mm. places like Brewhouse, which sort of do their own thing at a smaller scale, and that's great, too. Like, I think when I first came to Bristol, like, zero degrees was like, hey, you like craft beer? That place exists. That everyone yeah. knew, like, that everyone knew about. I know there were, like, other breweries were still around, but it wasn't nearly in the zeitgeist, I guess. Yes. It took a while for me to discover these spots. Anyway. Yeah, and I, I think it was the same for me. When I moved to Bristol, that wasn't the kind of beer that I was drinking. When I moved to Bristol 10 years ago, no, longer than that, 15 years ago now. Yes, 15 years ago when I moved to Bristol. Uh, I know. We're so old, Ben. I know. Tell me about we that. don't have Lucy, the, the young one of us, which, you know. Um, but uh, so right, what's hilarious is... Yeah, it's fine. We have youthful um, good looks, which I it's completely, true, actually. completely put down to all of the beer. Of the beard, I was gonna say, having shaved my beard once during lockdown, I look old without it. <laughs> uh, although I did tell a, a friend of mine who, who was a, I only knew sort of tangentially, um, pre-lockdown through a couple of movie nights that uh, our mutual friend um, put on, and then uh, they've been involved with a lot of our group online shenanigans, uh, and so I know them really quite well now. It's, they're a friend of mine, and uh, sure. but when we were in the park uh, a week and a half ago. I mentioned my age, and they were just blown away. They were like, "What? What do you? What? No! Fuck off! What? No! No!" Brilliant. And I was like, "Well, I mean, technically, I, I mentioned the age I'm turning in October, and they're like, mm-hmm. "37, my ass!" I'm like, "37, my ass!" <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was kind of nice. It was like just like not the usual. Oh. You know, because I've been a student for so long, so you like age me down. Mm-hmm. But it was like, nope, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, <laughs> it's like excellent, excellent. That's how you know you're doing uh, well. Lockdown yeah, has although, been good to you. Beard, you can start to see. Oh, I don't even beard's know. got white through it. Yeah. Uh, I got some 
white eyebrow hairs now. Oh, I don't think I've got those. Uh, yeah, you can kind of see right there. Yeah. Um, which is like, that wasn't around until lockdown. Ah, oh, stress and anxiety really do do that, that old age thing or that white hair thing. Anyway, uh, I'm distracting from your beer, Ben. I mean, everyone's had this beer. Um, yeah. it's, it's again for an IPA. Um, it's much more, I, I think, of a. It's not kind of a new world IPA. So even though Goose Island are an American brewery, um, I don't know where these are actually brewed. Um, oh yeah, because they're oh brewed in Belgium. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Brewed in Belgium, distributed by AB InBev, the big boys. Um, but yeah, Goose Island are an American company. Um, but it very much takes on a slightly more um, kind of traditional IPA, I suppose. It's actually quite comparable to something like Proper Job, but it doesn't have that big bitter hit to it. It's kind of a little bit fruity, slightly, slightly hoppy, but the malts definitely have a big backbone in this and kind of carry everything along. It's super clear, as you can see. Um, it was a little frothy. Yeah, it dissipated quite it's, quickly. I mean, because we do the um, craft beer thing so often, it's so rare to see an IPA that is clear. Yeah, like you, if we see clear beer, it's usually a craft lager or, or like a pale ale. But like, yeah, like a West Coast IPA, something like that. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah, this this kind of this doesn't quite get over to sort of West Coast. Um, it, it's it's definitely malty. It's definitely got those kind of malty, slightly bready notes to it really? um, that make it kind of again like a, a slight sweetness, maybe from the from the slightly floral note from the hops kicks in to give you as you had kind of with yours a little bit of a toffee kind of edge to it. There is just that kind of malty sweetness in there with a little hint of a floral notes coming from the hops and kind of the note one of the things with these kinds of beers is the nose and the flavor match each other almost identically so you can stick your nose in and you know exactly what you're going to be getting when you drink it and it does have a little bit of business to it but it kind of comes and goes quite quickly and as it goes it draws a lot of that flavor away with it it's very dry and it disappears really quickly it's it's kind of it's an it's a very easy beer to drink and it's a very easy beer to drink a lot of very quickly as well because that flavor goes because that bitterness goes you can just sip and sip and sip and sip this um what was it close to six percent five point seven five point uh, five point nine nine yeah it's quite close so it's it's not quite a session beer but i think it's at least in my mind it feels like it could be um, and it would, as I say, it's very easy just to sink a four pack of these in a couple of hours, even in an hour, oh, and not really think anything of it. I would say that um, that is something like, you know, oh, I'm heading to meet some friends to chat in a park because mm. that's how you hang out with friends responsibly in this day and age. Yes. Um, picking up a four pack of uh, uh, Gippers would be fine. Like, yeah, right? Yeah. Don't really care as much about boisterous, deep tastes, refreshing, um, 
so long as it's like nice and cold, just would be a mm. really solid. Hey, I'm not, I'm not having to split a box of Stella with my mates. I've got at least you know, you know, threshold threshold beers. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what is a what is your threshold beer? I think this is probably mine. This is probably the one that if there's nothing else there, I'll go okay. Um, there's a couple of others which aren't crap, which is like something like uh, beer Moretti. Which is you know, when you get into lagers, it's a little bit of a different space. I was just saying, because I hang out with a lot of postgraduate students, aka young people. Mm. Uh, I mentioned the splitting the box of Stella because that's been the norm for a number of years, and I just like have to turn off craft beer brain and be like, "Yes, this is a beer, and I'm going to consume a handful of them tonight with these people." Yeah, and the point is to drink with these people. Um, but I, I mean, I. Usually there's a co-op around, which means I can get the Brugger or Lager. Um, oh, if I'm not yes. just like if I'm not like going ham on or like going to a house party where everyone's having like seven beers or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can't afford anything but like a thing of uh, pints of Stella or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's sort of I, that's become my go-to for a while now. Nice. Or I, I occasionally dip into. Well, I used to do the Brew Dog year before. You know, we've had enough chats about how they're not the best company and their beer is not improved. And it's so like, yeah, I'd rather just grab. I, it's easier for me to find the Brugger, oddly enough, than the mm. Goose IPA I found in the, just in the places around Montpellier and, and Clifton and uh, Cottom, I should say, where, where I tend to pick up beers on, on the road. Yes. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I, I had a, a full pack of um, the clean water lager um, at the weekend, um, which is it's a, it is a lovely, lovely lager. It's very, very easy, really easy to drink. Um, I think I'd probably lift that above a lot of the other lagers that I kind of go towards when I have to go to sort of a convenience store instead of like the co-op or something like that, which may have a slightly broader selection of things. Uh, as we say, lager is kind of this different space when you come to um, smaller shops to be able to pick stuff up in lager doesn't seem to have proliferated uh, from kind of like that craft scene into these places really yet and you have a few like Brewdog have got Lost Lager maybe is that what it's called which are in things like Tesco and stuff but again it's another sort of uh, very very easy but not very tasty kind of uh, lager, which yeah. is actually a little bit more similar to sort of like um, your Stellas or your Cronenbergs, things like that. Um, but I just realised that for years we've been joking about casual gaming, and now we're very much talking about casual drinking. And luckily, this isn't quite a thing. This isn't a slur it's, within the yeah. craft beer world. <laughs> I mean, I actually think it, me admitting that I drink Stella not reasonably on the regular is a bit of a... I'm sure there's people in the audience going, <gasps> and he's the guy who's grabbing porters on a scorching day. Does he even know how to beer? And the answer is no. No, folks, I don't. <laughs> uh, God, I'm smashing through this thing. It's so hot. I... I because there's a lot of street noise. Uh, yes. I, I had to close my window, and it's not getting better. Um, 
<laughs> you in a room with some fans on that PC going as oh, well. Yeah, I wish I had fans, like non-PC fans. It's all about... And you guys online mm, might be fans, mm. but aren't cooling me down. It's all about that water cooling system, so it keeps everything nice and quiet, too. If you've got yeah, thousands of I wish pounds. I could have. Yeah. Although, I, I remember helping a friend build a water cooling rig in the pre-2010 era mm. where you had to like do it all like mm. make your own reservoirs and make sure it didn't leak and now it's just like oh you buy a thing that's sealed and you just go Bleep, and then it works <laughs> it's also real pretty and it comes with lights as a default and it's like why like the, the like decade i took off of building pcs was the decade where everything became easier and now i'm like oh wow you built a new pc cool friend and they're like i'm like wow it looks so good and then i look into products I'm like oh it's plug and play from i mean not to denigrate people make but i'm just like back in my day yes when i yeah. built a pc you had to make your own mosfets <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't, but yeah. Anyway, um, man, I, I remember the days of. I, I must again. This is like twenty years ago when I first built my first PC. Um, when I was sixteen, and going to like PC World, which wasn't as big as it is now back then, and you walk in, and on one side of the wall, they had all of their like. Uh, not not branded um, components. So basically you could buy oh, yeah, yeah. a non-branded stick of RAM, which back then uh, max was probably 256 megabytes or something yeah. like that. Uh, but it wasn't branded. It came in this, again, unbranded, un- ungraphic cardboard box with a little sticker on it just saying what it was and a barcode and you used to be able to buy components like that from shops and they used to be a little bit cheaper and it was great because you'd go right I've saved up this much money I'm going to go and get myself another whatever or I'm going to upgrade this or I'm going to change this and just constant. I could keep up with it back then for about I don't know five years roughly until my early 20s uh, when suddenly university living was far too expensive to keep upgrading mm. my PC. Um, but, you know, when you're a teenager and you're working jobs and you've got nothing else to spend your money on. Oh, don't, don't, yeah. I mean, I when I was a rock climbing instructor with the portable company, I made, because I got per diems, which I never used all the money for, and got paid per kilometer driven, and we drove across... Mm. A large chunk of Canada, yeah, which is not a small place. Um, <laughs> uh, I just made like that's why I didn't take have need student loans. I took student loans out a couple of years because I, I mean, this was when I was an economist. I did the maths, uh, and I was like, oh, it's interest free until six months after you're done. All right, give me the money. Also, if you took this much money out and you didn't live with your parents. They gave you the Millennium Scholarship for a couple of years because that's like what the government like created right when I started university at the beginning of the millennium. <laughs> um, uh, shit. 
Um, and so it was like, if you, if you borrow eight grand, we'll give you two. It's like, cool. Now I have an extra ten grand to pay with, play with, and I just have to pay eight of it back in the next three years. Eight grand. Virtual savings account, essentially. Yeah. Two grand. Ah! <laughs> New PC! <laughs> Nice. Uh, Which, you know, now in retrospect, I wouldn't do that because obviously it's not an unlimited bucket. Uh, although with the scholarship, it's a little less clear because anyone could qualify. Okay. Um, so that's just taking money from another place the government needed. Like, you know, it, it was more complicated than I realized. This mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Yes. But yes. I digress. Um, yeah. So uh, I've been in school for a long time. I'm technically done. My week has been playing the job application game. Mm. Um, to put us mildly on track. <laughs> um, uh, along with a couple of other games. Okay. Um, and by that I mean... One... What did I talk about last week? I didn't end up talking about one, did I? Oh, let me look back. I have my book. I've got my book. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, yes, Magic the Gathering Arena, but the... Jumpstart. Jumpstart, yes. Yeah. That's right. Have you been playing Play more, more of that? that? It's real fun. Good. Yeah. Um, but today, I figured today I would just talk about what I did today. Sure. Um, which, um, for those of you who are around Thursdays at noon British Standard Time, or is it daylight time now? Tuesdays. It's, yeah, Tuesdays. Did I say Tuesday? Thursday, you said. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Right, yeah, Tuesdays at noon. Uh, for a few weeks now, I've been sort of doing some random streams, but... Um, think we're going to settle into either previews like last week. Uh, I think the VOD's still there on Twitch, but I haven't pushed it onto YouTube. But we actually, I played through, and we briefly talked about it, but I played through uh, Banners of Ruin Hmm. with Lucy in the uh, sort of in the backseat, talking through the game that, you know, I talked a bit about two episodes ago. Um, uh, But I didn't have a preview game this week because I didn't get a chance to review a game. Uh, but, uh, like a month ago and a half, you and I sort of went through a couple games on the racial inequalities bundle yeah. that Captain on Itch. And because it had been that long, I did the same thing that we did on our stream, which was struggle to figure out how to find a game and install it from that bundle on Itch. <laughs> uh, thankfully, Ben wasn't available to be part of the stream, but was available to watch the stream and reminded me how to do that crazy navigation. <laughs> After poor Alfred was just like, I, I don't know what to do. I can't help you. Yeah. Um, it is but, overly uh, complex. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we uh, settled on the fall of Lazarus. Lazarus? Oh, fuck. What's it called? That sounds. That sounds right. Yeah, the Lazarus game on the racial bundle. And it's a, like, survive, space survival puzzle game with intrigue. Uh, and jank. <laughs> Heavy on the jank. Um, uh, to the point where uh, we all know I have a soft spot for janky games and silliness and trying to break games. Um, and, uh, which obviously goes hand in hand with jank. And so, um, I think that going forward, it might not be in the Tuesday slot, but a sort of janky games with 
with Alfred might be a, a, a standard special because boy, did Alfred put up with my shit and also help. Uh, <laughs> the fact that when I found a little like weird doll thing that I just decided was going to be my friend and I'm going to walk around everywhere with it. And Alfred was like, this is hilarious. I'm like, oh, good. Because it must be mildly annoying because it takes up this much of the screen <laughs> and I'm refusing to let go of it because I'm dumb and I think that's funny. Um, but also he turns out things spatially in a different way. And there was a puzzle where I'd be like, I was just like, nope, I don't think I could do this. It's just like finding a path through nodes, a single path through hitting all the nodes and like oh, yeah, connecting yeah, yeah. the right way. It was like stars, uh, constellations, that's the word. And I was like, oh. Even if I had on screen the constellations, which you don't get in the game, nor can you relook them up easily, I am bad at. I just can't see those paths. Just can't. I was like, I don't think I could do this, even if it was in front of me. Stop letting me in front of me. I might have to quit this game. And Alfred's <laughs> like, Oh, hold on. I think you just do this. That. And he didn't get a single. Like, it wasn't like, Oh, trace the path. Oh, that didn't work. Let's try again. He's like, Oh, this is the path. Oh, oh nice. and that's the path. Yeah. And he just like got them all right away. It's like, cool. All right. Well. Really. Make me feel like I know what's going on. But, um, yeah, the last first game had a problem of, um, a really, like the tutorial chapter, which I think was the original demo, um, mm-hmm. had a really annoying, um, both annoyingly written and voice acted, uh, protagonist. Okay. And it was, and also it wasn't, clear what was going on and like there was there's just some bad ui things and like lack of direction so it was like this is kind of an awful game but at least we're having fun and then we started the regular game and it was like this is slightly better uh, more interesting protagonist um so maybe so alpha and i gonna continue this game at least one more session Nice. Um, cause we got, it managed to get us invested enough into what's going on. Like there's a, between the tutorial and chapter one, there's a hundred year break on a space station. Mm. But in both of those things, spoiler alert, you play someone who wakes up alone on the space station. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not the same person. But at least it kind of yeah. uh, changes the, the classic template a little bit. Um, I would imagine they don't then stop what you're doing and jump you into a third person. Maybe they do no, at some other point, but yeah, I, I, I would I, imagine I don't think so. You're sticking with the the current protagonist for the main game, uh, but from which, what I which you don't know their name. Oh, okay. I did see some, mostly in the prologue, I suppose, just some very odd bits and and just strangeness like oh i'm walking around a space station nope now it's something completely different it's it's almost that idea that it's kind of um uh you know like event horizon where suddenly you're in a completely different plane and like yeah it, that is a very did i yeah. get here you know w- w- this game doesn't have that horror element to it um yeah but, but it, it's definitely trying to play the same move like it it's just you wake up and you're uh, basically almost immediately you have to pass the psychosis test, which is actually just a memory game. Mm. With oh, by the way, the the control scheme is terrible, um, which doesn't help. Uh, but yeah, you play this memory game, which it again, it's just you forget how more polished games have, like how that layer of polish is not 
often noticed. Mm. But like the hint of what? Okay, I'm giving you the screen, and there's a bunch a line of icons, and then there's a line below it, and you're like, do do I match these? Do I do them in the same order? How do I move around? Can I move around? Because for the first time, I four times I played it, I thought I had. I was doing something specifically with square one, but actually, turns out it was just a non-standard keystrokes to move to square three, which matched square one on the above diagram. That then, once I understood how to move around, it's like, oh, it's a matching game. Yep. It's actually very simple. But also, boy, is that like immersion breaking when they're like, we're testing you for a psychosis. Can you memorize five squares and then reproduce them? Not psychotic also then and then a later part they're like it was just general mental fortitude so the writing wasn't quite there like said psychotic specifically on the one test and then afterwards was like really hammering home that like nothing could be wrong with your brain because you passed the test right and you're like well the test can't you can't tell me oh you're not psychotic but also oh you have no other problems later <laughs> um but and it anyway you basically walk through doors and suddenly you're like Floating in this weird space with islands with a purple tree that mm, has clocks hanging from it. That's the bit it. that I yes. saw. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yay. And, like, I have to admit that there were codes on some of these bits. And it's like, there's no indication of what you're supposed to do. I have no idea how to find these codes. And it wasn't until the third one that Alfred pulled from a walkthrough that we think we now know what trick, like what the codes, how to okay. map them. But there's just... No hints. It's just like, when you, as you type them, a squiggly line appears. And Alfred's supposition is, you're supposed to just hammer on these until you get an uninterrupted line, and that'll change per safe Ooh. or whatever. Ooh. And I was like, there's no way I would have figured that out. Like, I was just supposed to, like, I, I see something that asks for code, and I immediately look around mm. the whole space station for, where's the code? Or something that says how to generate the code. And nothing said uninterrupted line. And there were no strings of numbers anywhere. So yeah. I was just like, I don't know what to do. And Alfred's like, nah. And of course, unfortunately, some of it is nonlinear in the pathing. So Alfred, like, he's like, oh, it's this code. Was well, not that code. Oh, it's this code. Was well, not that code. Okay, so, <laughs> so I know you enjoyed my silly dumbass behavior of like carrying dolls around because you could carry a doll around so why wouldn't you do that but now are you trolling me <laughs> no just on the wrong part of the walkthrough um anyway so so uh, it's been a while since i've played a game like that like it it's in the same sort of vein as like tacoma mm -hmm. in that like you're alone on the space station and your character and you don't quite know what's going on yep um and like the whole point of the game is you do small puzzles to figure out like it it's like i we need to come up with a name for this genre actually of like space puzzle narrative games spins <laughs> it's not it's not quite news is it um no it's not that's really what i mean like, narrative and it's not about it's not like a walking mm. yeah it's not a walking simulator it is puzzly right i mean it's like 3d space quest ish yeah like it, it kind of is like a point and click, but in the modern era. But something's for us to work on, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to try to figure out an acronym that makes it just be called a space game, just to 
I'll, I'll figure something out that will make it confusing. <laughs> uh, yeah, another than that, this week, uh, it's been so hot that, like, I was like, I applied to a job on Friday or something or late last week, and I was like, cool, I'm going to play games this weekend. And instead, I basically melted in my bed because Bristol's been in a 30-degree heat wave for, like, a week. It has been very, very hot. We spent a lot. I spent. I haven't. I, I barely played anything at all. Uh, I spent a lot of time outside um, in the garden doing stuff, water fights, those sorts of things God. that you do when you have a young child walking around, and it's unbearably hot. Uh, but I have, I have I'm delved jealous. into uh, a little game, which we can talk about in a moment. Um, I've just cracked another bit. It is the the goose IPA again. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm going to... While you pour, I'm just going to rinse and then I can grab my other beer. So you can pour on well, camera to... Well, I, yeah. I did start the pour. Oh, you already did. But look at that. Ooh, look at bad that pour. frothy head. The last one yeah, was quite like different that, from the last it, one. it dissipated really quickly from the last one. This one's just sticking around. I don't know whether that's the change in temperature. Um, for those of you listening, viewing us, uh, it's, it's not... It's not going anywhere. I've now filled my glass with the last of it, and it's sticking, sticking around. This is maybe yeah. this is the third can um, from the from the fourth pack that I um, that I purchased. The um, the first can wasn't anywhere near this. The second can again, as as we sort of saw, was a little bit more um, frothy, but that dissipated really quickly. Mm. So I don't know whether there's something to do with the temperature. Perhaps this one's now been sat oh. here for the last forty. 50 minutes roughly um it's it's been warmed a little bit i'm trying to sip it and that cool edge has definitely come off it that i had from the, from yeah. the first can that's a shame it is it uh, is definitely so, want something that's a bit more refreshing yeah before we jump to mine i'm seeing as we've already started talking about the taste of yours um so there's this, especially with like craft lagers, and and so we've sort of been saying that this IPA is very like, kind of plays a similar role. I'm curious, like there's um there's this threshold of, it's cold and that cold gives it the zip you want from a lager, etc. But mm-hmm. I've noticed with craft lagers sometimes when it's a little warmer, it doesn't do what you want from a lager, but yeah. it actually, uh, you can tell more. You can tell the crap like more effort is like there's more going on when mm-hmm. it's slightly warmer. And I think this is my like fundamental tension I have with craft loggers is like when I want a logger, I want it cold, and I want it to have that zip and that slight nutty taste. But kind of like do the loggery thing. And when you make a craft logger cold enough to do that thing, often all of the effort they put into the other taste, you just can't quite tell. Mm. And then by the end of it, you're like, oh, well, this is actually more interesting. But if I get this again, I would want it in the uninteresting form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just wondering if, like, uh, so I'm just going to pre-ask that, like, as you sip this um, Gippa number two, whether the fact that it's warmer, if, if the taste is opening up differently. Um, but I've got this this sweaty ass can. Ooh. Look at that. Um, just playing havoc on my auto um, <laughs> focus because I forgot to turn it off. So this is uh, Frontals, uh, which is a Breda, um, again, um, Dutch uh, brewery. Uh, it's Beer for Thought. It's the 
Daybreak Coffee Porter, because again, I grabbed not the Hot Day beers. Uh, but you know what? That that stout it went down probably quicker than it normally would have, but mm. it was quite quite refreshing. Um, nice. But I I think I uh, I have cemented myself as the person who will kind of take a stout any time of year. I mean, if I was in a field in thirty degrees, I wouldn't pick it first, but I wouldn't not pick it. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, when I started drinking beers, um, I didn't like the taste as Young people often don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you, you just don't. Beer is that weird acclimatization thing, and you have to convince when you tell people that who haven't gotten used to beer, you're like, "Yeah, you get used to it. It's fine. It just sounds stupid, uh, but it works." Um, same thing with sours, right? Yeah, sours are the beer of beers in that sense. Um, but I only drank Guinness for a couple, mm. couple, three years. Um, because I, I didn't like the taste of lagers. Um, I didn't really like the bitterness of beer. I liked the drunkenness of beer. Uh, I also, I liked the creaminess of Guinness, which is why I, my branch out beers were like Kilkenny, another cream, a cream mm. ale. Um, but also why now I can tell people with confidence that Guinness isn't really a stout because it's like this creamy, stouty thing. But also, the, the, Except for the fact that it's more expensive than cheap beer, uh, it's so non-carbonated that I it would be my like drink before the bar beer as well. Because for whatever reason, other people would be like, "I can't even finish one." It's like drinking bread. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no bubbles. You you chunk a beer with bubbles, and it like fills you up. You're like, I'm gonna burp a lot. And Guinness, you're like, okay, I'm gonna pour it down my throat. And then I grab another one. Yeah, pour it down my throat. Yeah, I used to um, drink a lot of Guinness as well before I really got into to crappers. It is very very smooth. It's got a, a nice enough flavour, uh, but it is it is that beer that you can just keep drinking. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think honestly, it's the thickness of the texture and head that pe- convinces people it must be filling. Mm. But I, I I I can't. I'm not convinced that it's actually filling to these people because I can't understand how. I could have that much of a disconnect of like fillingness. I could understand like taste preferences of bubbles or thickness or like mm-hmm. viscosity, but like this fills me up, this doesn't. Doesn't like it doesn't make sense. Like you have a big meal of pasta, everyone everyone feels full and bloated, right? Like how is this drink somehow magically not doing that to me, but does it to you? Uh, but maybe I've just got a magic stomach, and I'm speaking from a point of privilege. Possibly, possibly. Um, how is the frontal? Have you had a sip yet? No, because I'm remembering to take a picture for the <laughs> the gram, uh, the much ignored Instagram. Yeah, and I keep forgetting that I've sort of to just default to taking a picture, uh, right in front of me, which means like I, it was clever a couple times where it's like ah, oh, because the out of lives dot net on my TV will be in the background and it's like subtle extra advertising that this is a podcast but then when like five weeks in a row it's basically the same angle you're like eh, it's probably not doing all right anyway um so it's there's so much sweat from like so i feel like i've spilt because i just have these mm. rings of 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 um water on my tail my desk because it's just the sweat from the can but I'm surprised it's actually quite a 
this is a coffee porter, six percent. Um, that's all it says. Again, uh, yeah. I mean, oh, actually, no, I lied. So the EBC is seven. The IBUs are thirty-one. The cat is one. Cat. Anyway, um, I'm surprised for a coffee porter that it has almost no nose. It's like a slight mm. sweetness and and some maltiness. And I, like it's been sitting here for you know almost an hour, so it's definitely not because it's too cold. But yeah, it's just got this like sweet maltiness, and that's it. Okay. Oh, interesting. I don't know if you can tell, but it's actually quite wet. Mm. Like the the head, like it's got some legs, but you notice how quickly they descend. Yeah. Uh, it's the same on the texture. Like the, that's the texture, right? It's just a, quite a thin feeling porter. Mm. Um. This is interesting because the um, malt, uh, the coffee was coming in is just kind of bitter coffee coffee mm-hmm. i'm not getting like the notes of coffee if you want well like i'm not really tasting oh this is coffee i'm tasting the bitter porter oh let me look at the tin it's bitter because it has coffee in it it's like quite so i i mean i, I like a porter uh and and a stout even to to have to have to be more viscous. I mean, it's six percent. It should, it could be sort of thicker mm-hmm. taste, feeling and tasting, and it's not. It's um, mouth feels quite thin, um, not very effervescent, as you can see. Like the head just wasn't there. Um, it's just kind of bland. Like it's just like, oh yeah, okay. So this is porter, but I guess it's coffee, but it's just kind of bitter porter. Even the maltiness isn't really there in the sense of like, it's like one dimensional. It's like, yes, this is a porter. It's got this multi tone. Uh, like, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a letdown. Uh, uh, part of it is just like, yeah, I mean, I've been having these stouts and porters from the Netherlands from the Beer 52 box, uh, for a couple of weeks now because I've been, be honest looking for a job and hoarding my beers yeah. <laughs> um but it, it, you know th- they've been varying but this or i hate to say it before the end of the podcast but this feels like the worst of the bunch for mm. me it's just like really thin in t- like taste depth as well as like general depth of, like just really one note and it, i i think part of that part of it is the expectation of on the tin you're telling me two notes <laughs> Coffee porter, and you're giving me bitterish porter, but that's just porter. Mm. Um, but maybe the um, the panty stout is still lingering. So um, yeah. I'll 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 keep sipping away at this, and if I change, if anything else comes up, I'll, I might interrupt. Uh, yes, or bring it up at the end. But um, yeah. Uh, I don't normally give, obviously, my final judgments or whatever you want to call them at the, uh, early on, but it's just like, if as soon as I start talking about the spirit, I just want to say, eh. 
And that's and that's fair. It's fair. I remember from that box I had um, another beer from Frontal, maybe another couple of beers from Frontal. One of which came in a pink can. Um, I think I had that one. I thought that was the worst one of the bunch at the whole box. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, pale ale or something. Ooh, I pass. I can't remember what it was. It just yeah, wasn't it, it wasn't nice. one. So it wasn't one of the. So like almost half that box was like stouts and porters. Yes. And this was the frontal that wasn't a stout and porter. Mm-hmm. I just can't remember quite what it was. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. But yeah, it's. I mean, it happens, right? Not yeah, everyone oh, can be. Absolutely, not every beer is going to hit. Not every brewery is yeah. going to hit. Sometimes yeah. you're, you're, you're going to find breweries, you're going to find beers which just don't align with your tastes. You're going to find styles which don't align with your tastes. Um, it's it's you know completely open. There'll be lots of people who will have enjoyed that beer and yeah. and, and lots of other beers that uh, I think are okay or fine. So yeah, there's a, there's always a place for every beer. There's just not a person beer for every beer. No, maybe there is a person for everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to guess for the most part, most beers, the brewer will be at least a person mm-hmm. for a beer. I, yes, I, I, yes. I'm not saying that every brewer must love all their beers, but like, it's, let's not, that's a weird, like, trail of, what if you're forced to brew a beer you hate that we don't need to go down? <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, saying that, who knows what the people at these slightly bigger breweries feel about the beers that they produce. Yeah. Um, with your question earlier, mm-hmm. uh, at the different temperature with the Goose IPA, mm. it is different. It is a lot more sickly sweet. Um, previously, mm. it kind of had a bit of a sweetness and it was a little bit sort of toffee, a little bit not quite, not quite burnt, but just this slightly... Um, uh, slightly harsher sort of sweetness. This has just got sort of sickly, and it feels just a little bit like mm. like a horrible syrupy kind of bittery liquid. Now, um, I definitely do not recommend drinking a goose IPA at whatever temperature this now is, which is probably about four hundred and six degrees. Um, okay. Having sat uh, in this ridiculously yeah, like- hot room. It's Mercury. It's not the sun. <laughs> exactly. So it's only yeah. burning my insides rather than all yeah. of me. Um, let's move on from what we're drinking. Um, I mentioned I'd had very little time to game, but I have been playing um, Fall Guys. Oh, which yeah. Which is the free... Free. It is one of the games included with PlayStation Plus. Which month. I keep forgetting, otherwise I think I would have played it, but I haven't turned my PlayStation on in donkey's years. Oh, sorry. I, I'm being that guy. I'm just like, I'm opening a tab to remind myself that I should get that before I don't get this game for free, because yes. it sounds like a lot of fun. It is please, a lot of fun. No. It is a lot of fun. Um, the premise is you are one of 60 little jelly bean men running through an obstacle course or uh, playing a team game and essentially going through various rounds and people get eliminated in each of these rounds. And the whole idea is to be number one at the end of so many rounds. It's kind so it's of like, like a battle royale, but... But it's a round robin, right? It is like more like a round robin, yes. Um, and 
you might have uh, different um, different courses can be anything from running through sort of an obstacle course uh, whilst slime rises up and follows you. And this is um, pictured from third person. It's quite a wide camera angle on it. So you're this, right. if you're looking at my screen, you're a little jelly bean that's probably about that big in the middle of it. So you get quite a wide view of kind of what's coming up of all of the other um, people around you running around. And it can be an obstacle course where slime is rising. You can't fall in the slime or you're eliminated. It can be you have to um, get through lots of different big fans. So you've got to time, time jumps or run through various obstacles. There's other games where it's sort of a team game and you're split up into three teams, blue, red and yellow. And you either have to jump through more hoops than any of the other teams uh, literal jumping through hoops li- jumping through hoops yep yeah. and it's sort of um it's quite a it's quite a flat sort of level with maybe a couple of discs in which are continuously spinning so you can stand on here and just get taken by the disc and then jump through the hoop or there's a little bit of verticality to it as well a couple of ramps that go up that you can kind of jump over and bridge across and things so and the the, the hoops drop down into various places so it's quite dynamic in what it does Uh, there's also one which is another team game where you have to get as many of these big balls and you know your little guy is this big on the screen and the ball is maybe kind of this big Uh, Um, so for those of us on the podcast it's like five times the size yeah about five times the size roughly yeah and you have to retain that in your uh third of the map so you're trying to get as many balls into your third of the map to oh, win the thing, to then move on to the next round, essentially. Uh, and there's loads of different things. I so don't it, think I've I don't think I've seen all of them yet. So it's like um, kind of like if you took uh, Battle Royale, Round Robin, and Mario Party. It's a little bit Mario Party. Yep, it's kind of in this, in, in in the sense of like. You never know what game is going to be needed for you to win. Yes, yeah, very much, yeah. And they, they frame this around the idea that it is a TV show. So it's a randomly, it's like, a random right. thing that comes in next. And it's, you know, it's very, uh, it definitely elicits thoughts of things like Takeshi's Castle. I was um, just going to say, yeah. yeah. It, it, obviously, Takeshi's Castle is very much a one person running through you know, the obstacle course, yeah. whether that's them running up that corridor and there's the boulder that bounces down. They have to try yeah. and jump into the little spaces or get over the or, stepping Or stones. like having to jump through the cutouts. Yes. Yeah. Or get through the doors. There's another one on, on Fall Guys where there's five doors in front of you and only three of them on that set of doors you can actually break through. The others are solid. So any you, you is it just chance? People, you see people just bounce off of these doors because they don't break and they can't get through them or, or doors, a wall yeah. as such. Uh, and then in the next one, there might only be two that you can break through. Um, and there's quite a lot of, um, I think, both skill in terms of navigating some of these and, and platforming skill, absolutely. Uh, I'm rubbish at slime climb where the slime follows you up because there's a couple of balance beams that are rounded and unless you hit it on that kind of angle of that round tube to run off. along, you just yeah. fall off. And I am rubbish at that because you've got to run along one, then jump onto another to get oh, across. Oh, God. It's like um, Twitch 
platforming. It is, it is Twitch platforming, but slightly more more constrained Twitch platforming in that there is only a very specific area you can hit to be able to get across this. Um, so there's a little bit of skill involved, but there's also the idea that there's a little bit of strategy involved. So with something like the doors, you can... You know, everyone rushes ahead. You want to be, you want to get there. You want to get through to yeah. the end. You want to be one of, say, twenty that get through to uh, first over the line to move on to the next thing. But so, so can, can I just pause yeah. there and say, so how many people start? So uh, the first round is sixty people, and then how many get through? So uh, is it like thirds? Th- no, there's uh, there can be five rounds. So you drop down from sixty, and it's not equal every time. Uh, and I don't know whether it. It, when you move, when you go into this, it says it's going to be five rounds. We already know the five rounds it's going to be, so we right. know that after round one, we need to have X number of people to evenly divide up the next game. Right. I, I don't know whether that's how it works or whether it does that calculation kind of on the fly between each of the. You know, you finish yeah, a round, I- it calculates how many people there are, and then it determines out of a pool of three rounds that it could be rather than the 15 rounds yeah. that they have what right. it moves on to next um, gotcha. but yes so i think you go from 60 down to about 40 ish or 45 ish something okay. around there so it's not it's not like a huge call off the top no no it's not it's not makes sense down to because 20 uh, or something yeah it's because that, that that's always a worry with these things right it's like oh i wait how long to start around like i mean People who just have bad luck or aren't super great at FPS has had this problem with, like, PUBG. Yeah. Right? When that first came out, they're like, this seems really cool. I am literally the first of 100 dead. Yes. I guess I spectate for up to 35 minutes mm. or whatever it is. And like, yeah. That is one of the nice accessibility things about Fall Guys as well is that once you're out, you can just leave. You don't have to stick around and watch. You leave. You go straight into another game. Brilliant. Have you watched? Have you? I have felt I've, invested enough. I've i uh, enough that I uh, got through to the fifth round, got eliminated, and did watch to see who won. I mean, that makes um, sense. Yes. I was just curious whether it because I could easily see like ah, uh, I was the last five, but also I don't have this attachment to this. I'll leave. So it's yeah. it's good to know that you it does engender that notion of oh, I kind of want to see this through. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's a good, I think that's a good earmarker of um, uh, the longevity of a game. The fact that like off the top, you're like eh, I'll probably stick around instead of playing again because that means there's something something with the gameplay that doesn't need you to be in it to be interesting. Mm. Even if it is just that plus I almost made it. Let's see who does make it. Um, because there are games where they end up being a, a little more disposable. Um, and you're like, cool, bye. O- yeah. Or they add, and they I, add cars. I think it's, it's, it, it's an interesting one that it's done some really insane numbers on Twitch. So there's a lot of people not playing. They're just watching. Just watching people playing it because it, mm. it does have that game show element to it. It does have that idea that you want to see the carnage. You want to see kind of who is going to come out on top. Um, mm. And these these games are super short. They uh, each round is maybe two or three minutes long. 
So actually, a whole run is probably about fifteen minutes, uh, which means okay. Can, so can, it's really okay. The opportunity cost of watching the whole round, even if you're like quite early on dead, yeah. is really low. Okay. Absolutely. I, for some reason, thought it was longer. No, no, it's really short. Um, you know, in comparison to other, say, Elimination Battle Royale-style yeah. games, which um, lots of people still want to spectate and just watch, you know, in the background whilst they're doing other things, or they want to watch their favourite sort of streamer I mean, of I, I, I do think trade that, and stuff. But Yeah, I think um, watching someone play like a PUBG or a, a Fortnite, I assume... Um, is a little different because you end up watching like that your friend streamer or whatever uh, and their squad and he listened to their banter. Yes. Uh, but I think in those instances, as soon as that team is out, it's time to leave. And yeah. I think the people who run those streams would, wouldn't stick around perhaps. But if it's 15 minutes all told, like, I don't know, like I would be like, Unless I was out right away in first round, I'd be like, "Cool, let's just watch the rest of this," or something. Like, like it'd be like, "Okay, there's five minutes left in this round. Let's just see." The, also, I think because it's adorable and there's all kinds of weird shenanigans, and mm-hmm. maybe that'll get old. Because right now you're seeing all kinds of stuff. You just are like, "Oh, you could do that in this game." Like, uh, you you shared that Twitter clip. Of the guy who makes it to the very end and the guy who's going to win doesn't cross the line just so he can kick this poor bastard just off knocks of it off. Yes. And just eliminates him entirely. It's like, yep. yeah, you're, you're second place. Nope, you're not going to win. Yeah. Because it's clearly a one-life game. I, Which, it, it's, it's interesting that I have had a couple of moments where I've been like bundled off of a course by just the massive group of players all trying to get into this tiny space mm. and I've been on the fringe and say knocked off right. and been eliminated but luckily that that doesn't feel cheap so it's you know it's not kind of me going oh my god I'm so annoyed at this game I could you know mm. how dare yeah. these, this happen to me like it was very much like oh lame start again just join another, yeah, it's like, just another I think, game I, I think the start again is really important, and like it'll be interesting. What like because this is very a zeitgeisty game right now, so there's probably just you're never going to wait that long for a new round. Mm. It might be different in a few months. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think again um, from another news article I I read, they had estimated something like three hundred thousand concurrent users, so had server space uh, for that, but. This exploded and did something like um, two million concurrent or two million purchases on Steam, and was then the top for concurrent users for a couple of days over on Steam, and and, and massively exceeded the amount of people they thought they would have at any one time. So yeah, and the service went been, real bad. Yeah, there have been technical issues with it, but I think they've got on top of those. I've not experienced any, but I have been dipping in. Um, it's not been right. This evening, I'm just going to play Fall Guys all night. That's what I'm going to do. It's like, I'll play for a couple of rounds. And then a couple of days later, I thought, well, I'll play another couple of rounds. You know, it's been more on the sort of flyer thing. And I don't want to play Ghost of Tsushima or Other Side. I just want some dumb fun that um, I can do for like 20 minutes whilst Kim is off doing something else for an evening. I'll just... Have to do a round or do two rounds if I go out early enough. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there with the fact that it can be really short bursts. Mm. Um, uh, while, like, I mean, I haven't played Ghost of Shima, but obviously I played, like, similar games. And there, it's almost always very much a, like, okay, to really enjoy this, I want to spend at least two hours in front of the thing. Like, yeah. Because I want to, I need to have some time to reimmerse myself into what has happened, and that is just being in the world and reminding myself. Uh, and then I want to progress, and I want to feel like I got accomplished something. Uh, uh, and then I'll have to find the right time to leave. Mm-hmm. And that often isn't like a cool, I hit a new milestone, done, 45 minutes. It's like, yeah, uh, I think it takes, in a good immersed world, I think it usually takes at least 30 minutes to just really get back into it. And then you're like, now I'm back into it. Now I want to do a thing in this world. Yeah. Now I, then I need to get to a point where I can stop doing a thing in this world. Um, well, with something like that, it's it's very much it's because it's again it's like a Twitch platformer with cutesy aesthetic. Reimmersion's not a big deal, and it probably doesn't take as long anyway. Mm. Absolutely, uh, as I said, it, it kind of it, it's got a little bit of depth to it as well. Um, I mean, yeah, that's I guess my one worry. Yeah. Well, you can kind of, uh, as I say, I haven't. I definitely haven't seen all of the game modes yet. Um, there's a couple I know that exist. I I think I saw an article saying we rank the, you know, we rank all X number of stages uh, based on what we enjoy. And there was over 20. And there were a, a couple sort of towards the um, towards the bottom of that list um, of the of the worst ones, or at least this this I can't remember who it was from. Whoever made the video. Uh, mm. that they didn't enjoy. And there was a couple that I haven't done yet. So there's one where you grab um, a tail off of another character and you have to oh, be yeah. the one with the tail. But there's a team version of that and I haven't seen that game mode yet. Oh, that must uh, be completely different though. Yeah, You would imagine, yeah, absolutely. There was one I experienced um, today actually when I played that I hadn't um, done yet where um, I can't remember if it's called Phased or Dazed or something like that. Where um, basically it's another team game, and if at the end of the time, or you get down to the only one person who hasn't been grabbed and hasn't got this big purpley pinky cloud floating around them, right? Um, they haven't been kind of tagged ultimately. So you know it, it, it plays on those similar kind of uh, ideas and just changes them up a little bit to get. Uh, a much broader sort of set of play spaces and kind of game modes in there. Uh, and so far, it's changed them up enough through the different runs that I have played uh, that I do know the ones that I like, the ones that I don't enjoy as right. much. But I've never had, um, you know... Like a string of, of fuck off, this sucks. Exactly, exactly. I've never had any of them really hammered at me. Um, and I've never I mean- encountered it yet where I've gone... I, you know, there's these three that I don't like. Brilliant. I've just done that one. I've now got to do this one. I've now got yeah. to do this one. You know, that hasn't that hasn't happened. There I are mean, some which are more difficult, which I think are great. Actually, uh, I get to try this again. I get to improve myself upon this this course. It's the only way I'm going to get better at it is by running it again and again and again and, and, yeah. and trying it out. So, we'll uh, see. the other mm. sorry, the other advantage I was going to say is 
because these are short stages, um, like I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to trivialize design, but like they can just add more into the queue as the game <laughs> ages, right? Yes. Like, so like it, cause like I'm going to guess in like two months time, the one that's shitty, the just the, the crappiest map or mini game going to have dropouts. Yeah. Not a lot maybe, but you like statistically, you know, they're gathering these metrics, right? They're just going to be like, Oh yeah. 10% of our population just drops when this game spawns. Cool. Keep it in there because we don't want to, like, because some people might like it, maybe. But, like, if we if we look at, like, oh, the top three maps that um, people, like, have the lowest drop percentage all have this thing in common. Team, platform, whatever. Like, I'm sure, like, they can curate the queue in a way that... I doubt they cut things because cutting content is, like, just yes just bad news yep even if everyone hates this map saying we're taking a map away is just like a, well, a thing that gamers don't like mm-hmm. yeah a thing they just um, change the percentage in which it yeah might exactly appear. right yeah absolutely and if there's i suppose at the moment if there are 25 uh different um runs to do they take all of those down, you know, the 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 three or four that aren't as good, they take those down from the four percent uh chance that it might come up like to a yeah, exactly. Down you know and be to be honest, then I think as they add more in, they might actually go, Well, this is a new game mode, so we'll make this one six percent that it might come up. Or you know, how yeah. how that actually works stacked against when you take one I out mean, for the next set of rounds. Yeah. But yes. We, we know that it, the technology to do this is really simple, and the data is now there. And like one of the things when like Team Fortress Two came out years and years ago, or like Quake Three Arena, or Quake mm. Two even, like we there just wasn't the technology, but also the idea of tracking these stats. Um, so you just had, hey, your pool of maps is these eighteen. You won't see this one until you've seen the other 17. And we, and like technology has gone past that. So like any game that like, and, and yeah, and I'm saying this fully acknowledging that you might like the one map that no one likes Mm. or the one game mode that no one, no one else likes. And so you will see it less often in this world I'm describing. But overall, I think it's probably better that like they pay attention to these numbers. Because that's how you get the game to continue, right? Like, if it's... Because then you can take a game that's, like, everyone fucking loves half of the modes. Mm. Like, almost no one doesn't like a single one of these top half ones. But a lot of people kind of don't like, or and it's disparate around these bottom half ones. And you're like, cool, well, I'll just make sure that, like, 75% of the time... The, the ones that oh, everyone universally likes show up, and then yes. in that 25% of time, I'll split the legitimate, like the actual other 50% of the modes, and everyone will be happier than one for oneing or trying to do it. Like, like, we have the technology, and this is the type of thing that, like, this type of dev should be trying to do, right? Is like, you've got the data, and again, I think don't trust the data 100%, right? Because sometimes it's like, you have these slow burns where, like, people realize, oh, actually, this game mode is way cooler than we thought when we first played it, and, mm. and I'm not going to drop anymore, right? You want to make sure you don't, like, 
cold cut something. Absolutely. But yeah. You wanna you can shape around that, and that's like giving a better experience, and it's a multiplayer service mode, whatever you want to call it, game, and like that's what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah, and there's and it, it, it's interesting that, to see how they will move forward with any kind of new modes because there's already tons that I have thought of in my head which would be cool. Uh, you know, whether you're running down a slope and things are following you, and you kind of have to navigate yourself through an obstacle course. As I, as I say, I haven't seen all of the game modes yet. That might exist in there i mean or but that's also like sorry uh like two things uh one the fact that you haven't seen them all is great and Mm. like means there's enough and two the fact that the game is gripped you enough even though you haven't played that much that you're like oh it'd be really cool knowing what this that did like the the parts of the game that exist this is a way it could be yes and like that that means you you've that they've got you in their clutches, right? Yeah, that means absolutely. You are enjoying this game very much. And if they were to turn around and say, "Hey, here's five new maps. It's five quid," I'd probably, probably buy that. Not. Yeah, because you get uh, the thing for free. Exactly. But I don't want them to do that because I don't want them to then, <laughs> you know, well, not not from me spending any money, but more that I don't want them to then cut the kind of player base in half. You don't uh, want a Battlefield want it, right? Exactly, where... not a Battlefield, don't want Call of Duty it. You know, you don't want to split your player base where some people are playing classic mode on those maps, some people are playing with these maps included, some people are then playing with, you know, Month 4's maps included. You, you kind of just want it to be open to everybody. So I don't know how they're going to do it. I know they monetize in terms of things like cosmetics. You can dress your little jelly bean up. Um, they have a store to do that. You use in-game currency, which you can obviously purchase with with real money, um, X number of gems or something like that. Um, so they do have some monetization in there. Yeah. But at least currently, it is only not- cosmetic, and you know, and I've not felt any need to change my little jelly bean past the free stuff I have. Um, yeah, and and I think that's fine. I like, I you know I go back and forth on things like loot boxes just because I know the psychology and the fact that like younger people don't have the mental fortitude to like deal with that. And um, Luce is not around, but we go back and forth every time this comes up uh, on this. But like, I think. It, Loot boxes, etc., being game impacting is universally bad. Um, because it, be, it makes it, even if it's like low percentages, it makes it pay to win. Mm. And so, like, yes, some cosmetics, some people can avoid and some people can't. And there's this weird line of how much do we ensure we give the social safety net, if you will, to the, the make sure we protect people from being exploited if they are yes. you know predilected to that uh, that's a different thing but like at the very least i think yes it's great to hear that this game has come out it has cosmetics and stuff and they're non-impactful and if they so long as they even if they realize even this is their primary like funding model at least it won't mean that like you can't just pick it up in two months and be like i'm good at platforming I'm going to win. Yep. Absolutely. I think they need to keep that. They they absolutely need to keep the 
the openness and the accessibility that they have for it currently. It's a, it's a great game, and I think it's something that even Kim or, or Evelyn, when she's a little bit older as well, would very easily be able to to, to play. Um, and hopefully, it's still around, you know, in a year, in two years, kind of time, for you know, to to bring more people in until Fall Guys two or however they then yeah. expand upon that. Um, I think you're right, happens, though. It, but... it, it it can't be. It, it'll be a shame if it ends up being a seasony thing versus a we have the coffers and we have enough of a business plan with things like cosmetics that we can run this for two three years and then maybe come out with a new thing like it, you, it, it's interesting as well because it's just, it's from a studio um who do a lot of kind of for hire work as well um, oh i didn't know that they made um the i think the most recent thing they made was the gears uh pop game like the funko pop style wait uh, gears what? of war game yes yeah uh, I am apparently not connected to the pulse of whatever part of gaming that is. Um, could you... Let's find out who they were. Yes, for are. my edification, um, I got from you Gears World Funko Pop-ish aesthetic. So, you, like, I get that, but I don't know what kind of game that is, how big it is. I can't remember. Uh, I, I've never played it. I remember it was. Um, uh, Are you um, sure not thinking of Halo Reach? No, 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 no. There's a Gears of War Funko Pop style uh, uh, game. Here you go. Gears Pop, it's called. Oh, wow, Explosive PvP wrong. and co-op battles assemble a team of cute Funko Gears of War characters and fight oh, fast-paced explosive battles. Collect and compete on iOS and Android. They made that. Uh, oh, they made Murder by Wait. Numbers. Lucy really liked Murder by Numbers. So it's a it's a it's a mobile only. Yes, yes. Um, oh, so they're like the anti Fortnite. They're like, yeah. You 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 want to play this game on mobile? We'll have a blobby Funko man because Gears is for PC and Xbox only. Wait, this says they didn't make How for Boyfriend, surely? Maybe they ported it. Yeah, are you sure? Is it the publisher or the dev? This is the dev, the dev, Mediatonic. Uh, oh. Maybe they ported How for Boyfriend. Um, yeah, because Mediatonic doesn't sound like the Hatterful dev to me. Who knows? But yeah, they, I mean, like the amount of games they've got is ridiculous. Um, so hopefully, yeah, this is as, as we say, strange, hopefully they do have the coffers to suddenly go, we have hit with this game that we have brought out. We can support this. We can still put out, you know, game Y, game Z, game A, game B, game C over the next three, four years whilst yeah. supporting Fall Guys and being able to cover the cost of that to keep people in the ecosystem to then say, well, Fall Guys 2 isn't going to be a free PlayStation Plus game. It, you know, and, and they've had like 2 million purchases on Steam where it is a, a full which price is game. Crazy. Which yeah. is crazy. Which is absolutely insane. So, you know, hopefully that kind of pulls them along um, as well. But we'll I actually, see, I guess. I really, I, I, I didn't think this type of move was possible, but you have to give them credit to the fact that normally you see these PS Plus games as just like generic freebie when mm-hmm. it's like 
not an old game, but a new game, you're like, yeah, they must, like, they've made this, Sony's, like, paid them a bucket of cash, and they'll continue on things like cosmetics. But this is, like, a shrewd thing. Like, they managed to make enough of a splash in Mm. the gaming zeitgeist by being free on PlayStation that they're minting, I, I can only assume minting money on Steam, right? Like, it's not Epic Game Store cut, but it's still a lot when it's yeah. two million downloads. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I, I closed Steam to allow all of the other programs that we're using to record this to breathe a little <laughs> I, bit. I, I, yeah, um, I'm just looking. I'm it up wondering, now. trying to wonder how much it is. How much is it on Steam? I'd oh, imagine it's maybe fifteen quid around that. Oh, I see. So, had a full boyfriend had three different developers. Oh. Um, wait, no, I clicked developer and it took me to Devolver Digital Super Fun Club. No, no, yeah, so Devolver's the publisher, right? Yeah, I think... Of which it is for Fall Guys as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, for some reason, when I click on Mediatonic, not Devolver Digital, it just takes me to Mediatonic. So I thought I could just look both up, like one, and then link through the other. But Fall Guys, it's fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's about right. 16. Absolutely, yeah. Or the collector's edition. Oh. Um, Is that with a soundtrack, maybe? No. Um, a bundle of both. The collector's edition is twenty three ninety nine, so like eight quid more. Oh. And it comes with the collector's pack, which is DLC, which looks like costumes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Makes okay, sense. Okay. Yeah. So uh, discounted ten thousand kudos. In-game currency, yeah, it's literally just the fast... Oh, and there's also the fast food DLC for four quid. So it looks hmm. like it's... Yeah, it's exactly what we were thinking. It's like, yeah. want to be a unicorn ballerina, an uh, astronaut, a pirate, spend an extra eight quid, get the Founders Collector's mm. Edition. Want to be dressed as a burger, spend four quid. Yeah, but like, it's fifteen ninety nine, and it's... Already got 41,000 reviews, which is a lot of reviews. Yeah. Um, because obviously Steam doesn't tell us how many were bought, but you were saying that some th- some press release said some, Something said million. 2 million. Yeah, definitely. Was that total? Somebody, or? I don't know if there's a press release or it was a, uh, uh, a media site's um, like news article, I think. Um, I'd have to dig it out to let listeners find out yeah. and share it on the Out of Lives feeds. Oh, so I, I've got um, VentureBeat published that said that publisher Devolver Digital revealed on Twitter that Ultimate Knockout already sold 2 million copies just on Steam. Insane. And it came out on the 4th of August. Yeah, a week. Yeah, 2 million... In a week, fifteen ninety nine, small, medium, small publisher. When you've got games that celebrate a million in six months or a year, and that yeah, is yeah. good numbers for them. I mean, this yeah. is this is just gangbusters. Like, it'd be interesting. I to think see, that's a different game. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the numbers on uh, PS Plus are, considering they have about forty million subscribers. Uh, I'm assuming it's a lot more. Well, you'd you'd think so. 
But I actually want to know is what would be curious is what the conversion is. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry, my housemates have just texted me saying that they're at the pub down the road, and I'm. Hey. Well, we'll <laughs> finish there for this evening, uh-huh. then, shall we? Uh, Adam, you had two beers. I'm pretty sure I know which one you preferred, but did the other grow on you at all? Did anything else come from it? Um, I wanted to say, yeah, you know, like a porter shouldn't be as cold, but let's be honest, like it's this 30 degree room. Um, second beer, it was the right temperature when I cracked mm-hmm. it, I think, because um, it was too cold when I started. It did nothing different throughout the drink. Um, so yeah, the I was quite let down by the daybreak coffee porter. Um, not just because of the lack of coffee, it just kind of was a one note porter as well. So like, yeah, I w- why I wanted to like comment on it again was like, how much am I just wishing? The two words were more than I thought they were, but actually, even if I just look at Porter, um, I'm still not that impressed. Like, it just wasn't a great Porter, and it definitely didn't taste like a coffee Porter at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Panty, uh, the Oedipus Panty, um, Panty, yeah, it it was a solid stout. It had some depth to it. Um, I would have this again. Um, nice. I don't think either of these are the best from those sort of Dutch, that Dutch Beer 52 box, mm. or especially of the Stouts and Porters. Uh, I think that what we have learned from at least Beer 52 selection is that while when I lived in the Netherlands, um, you couldn't really get a craft beer uh, that was a Stout or a Porter, uh, now you can. They, it's still, they're still processing how to like, make these particular um, varieties of beer really well because I, I've had things from Oedipus that I've really liked. Yeah. Um, there are some excellent breweries in the Netherlands like Brauerei uh, uh that I have the shirt of that I'm not wearing today. Um, it's great. Um, I love their IPA. I love their double IPA. I love almost everything they do. They're the one that I affectionately call the windmill brewery. Mm. Um, and they've been doing craft style beers for the last 10 years to the quality that like we're used to. So it's not like it's just a, uh, craft is smaller in the Netherlands. It's like, no, actually, I think, I think it's legitimately, I never saw a stout or a porter except for like, really cold Guinness on tap because that's a thing that like tourists might want you know what I mean like I've never saw that in the pubs so I think it's just a matter of like it's a bit of catch up because Mm -hmm. it's like just coming to grips with this type of beer we've it's not normal yeah so yeah it's the Oedipus Panty which is panty for pantyhose good good um uh... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crack another Gipper, uh, but I'm gonna make sure that it, well, it will have been in the fridge. I'm gonna drink it quickly after oh, I've yeah. taken it out, so it doesn't warm to the extent that this one uh, had, because it's definitely a inferior flavour after it's been sat getting warm for forty, fifty minutes. Uh, this wants to be kind of fresh from the fridge, really. I mean, what 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 today's experiment has proven to me 
is that I shouldn't switch to the Goose IPA for these, like, have a few beers in the park with friends because, like, I, the fourth one and the third one probably will all not be great. Yep. Um, and that's, again, not to say it isn't a good beer. It's just, it's temperature, temperamental? Definitely, yeah. Temperature mental. Not temperature temperamental. <laughs> Temper... No. I, got yeah, I think temperature temperamental is better. It's got a alliterative yes. move versus... Somewhere. At this Somewhere. point, alliteration versus portmanteau. That's another conversation for another day. Uh, if, or never. Oh, well, yeah, probably. If you <laughs> want to play Fool Guys uh, alongside me, I've got no idea whether you can. Can you form parties? Can you go into the same games? I've got no idea. Let's explore that together. I'm at Nova underscore 47 on PlayStation, on Twitter as well. Uh, I haven't been sharing anywhere near as many screenshots uh, or photo mode shots of Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us than actually exist on my hard drive because I've just been lazy and haven't edited or done anything with them. But they might start. Busy does not equal lazy. That's very true. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. I've been very busy and I have put that right down the bottom of the list of things that need to be done. Fair. Uh, But you can can shout at me on Twitter at NovaScore under... Nova underscore Nova score. Nova score. Nova score. Nova score. Like Nova Talking score. of Nova Scotia, I used to live in Nova Scotia. How do people uh, talk to you about what you're missing over there? Uh, you can reach me at the Omniarch, T H E O M N I A R C H, or on Twitch, T H E underscore O M N I A R C H, uh, on all the things. Um, but you can also check out. Our previous streams, if you didn't catch them on VOD on twitch.tv slash out of lives network, or you can go to out of lives.net for, uh, all kinds of interesting content on TV, news, anime, video games, etc. Uh, and if you are interested in chatting or in interacting with us more, you should follow the link on the website that takes us to the Discord. Yeah. Join our Discord. Um, we are reasonably active. We've got, yeah, stuff going on. Uh, and we've got some new streamers joining the team who you won't really see a web presence on, on the, on the website necessarily, but that allows, um, we're, we're doing more streaming is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also, yeah, so hit us up and, uh, also Facebook. Yes, we the have a Facebook, Facebook page as well. Yeah, yeah, everything everything that is posted on the site is posted over there. It's one of the easiest ways to see any new content that goes up. You can also get uh, Adol, Lucy, and myself uh, at Tanked Up Cast on Instagram or on Twitter as well. We're changing up a little bit the way we use these socials. Maybe just doing a little bit more uh, individually on our own social accounts, like beer posts and things like that, and then maybe sharing them with the podcast feed unless they are podcast beers or podcast games that we have talked yeah. about then they will be featured on our podcast tanks up cast social feed uh so yeah follow all of us lucy oh. is juicy loose nine as well if you want to shout at her for not being on this week um hey. and next but yeah. week oh yes oh as you say but yeah also like uh get in touch uh we love hearing from you on whatever platform you want to chat with us and uh let us know what we should be playing or what we should be drinking. Absolutely. Uh, next week, guests. 
guests because a game that they made has released. So uh, I believe we have Dave and Sean from Pillbug on again next week. Nice. You, you may have caught our episode with them about a month or so ago now. Two? Yeah. Uh, yeah, roughly, where they were just about to release a game. It's out now. Making the Home is out. They're going to be on with us next week. So uh, stick around on Twitch oh. or in your podcast feed, on your podcast service of choice, where you should have rated us as highly as possible uh, to hear them next week. Yeah, oh. and um, either next Monday or next Tuesday at noon, I haven't figured out, um, there'll be a Making It Home stream. Mm, nice. Where uh, uh, I'll be piloting probably, uh, and it'll be someone else from Out of Lives, uh, and we'll talk through uh, to just go through the thing. Uh, because, well, one, I need to play it, and two, it'd be fun to stream and make that accessible to you guys before the the actual uh, interview episode happens. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, so, this week, we've been tanked up. Bye-bye. Like and subscribe, YouTube friends. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> www.outoflives.net